Hello and welcome to the Scottish Fantasy Football Community Podcast. My name is Harry and this week, unfortunately, I will be recording solely on my dolly as uh, Thomas is unavailable uh, through working commitments. Uh, so it will be just my voice you'll be having to put up with this week. Uh, and my goodness me, what a game week it was. Uh, some unbelievably high scores this week, thanks to a certain Kyogafur Hashi, as well as other... Uh, Firing strikers, strikers in hot form. Um, to put scores in context this week, I guess, I started the game week uh, in 11th, so, you know, very respectable game week rank in in, in the big league. I've I, I mentioned in the classic big league, 50 aside. Um, I started the game week in 11th place, scored 100 points and dropped 60 places to 71st. So, um, I guess that sort of quite nicely summarises the sort of devastating effect not owning a player like Kyogo Furuhashi can have uh, on your fantasy football Scott performance, but we will uh, delve into that uh, uh, a little later. Uh, before I press on with, with, with the episode, I will encourage you to go and follow uh, us on, uh, on, on Twitter. Um, if you would follow our main account at sffantasy.com, um, as well as uh, mine and Thomas's individual accounts, so that would be at Harry SFFC and to- at Thomas SFFC. By following the main account, um, we regularly retweet and favourite um, information uh, and tweets um, from accounts that we think are, are worth worth following. And I, I have to say, we've managed to, you know, curate. I would say a pretty consolidated list of uh, resources and accounts, uh, you know, be it fan accounts, podcast accounts, uh, stats and data analysis accounts um, that we think can be useful for Scottish fantasy football players. So if you give, uh, that, that would be why you would be following our main account. And then um, give myself and Thomas a follow on our individual accounts as it's easier for us to uh, interact with you folks, um, you know, get some Scottish fantasy football Scotland discussion on the go, um, as opposed to having to sort of, you know, split the one account between the two of us. So that's at sffantasy.com and uh, Harry or Thomas SFFC. Um, Okay, so in today's episode, uh, we'll be, you know, running order will be no different than usual. Uh, First and foremost, we'll take a look back at uh, the game week that just passed, which was game week five. Um, we will then look ahead to game week six and discuss possible cap- captaincy and uh, transfer options. Um, we will look at uh, well, we will look at we will uh, be answering some fan questions uh, before uh, sort of uh, laying down my own uh, you know transfer plans I guess. Um, so yeah, what a week it was! Some unbelievably high scores from not only teams but individual players. Um, Leo Labada managed to bag himself a hat-trick and it seems to me that you know, almost no one has owned him. Um, if we look at the total points uh, for the game week, Kyogo Furuhashi scored himself 26, as did Leo Labada. Antonio Cholak, who notched two goals against Ross County, recorded 16 points. Um, Boyan Miowski, he recorded 12 despite scoring twice. Vincente Basawan, he scored 13, you know, so if, if you take, what is that, the top five players, that would be Abada, Furuhashi, Cholak, Bazawan, and Starfeld of all, of all players, you're looking at, you know, what's that, 26 plus 26 plus 26. Quick maths, 
Cholak's uh, 78 points, and then Antonio Cholak's 84, 94 points between the top five scoring players this game, which is you know, unprecedented almost, particularly for a uh, you know a single game week as opposed to you know being a, a, a double game week. It has to be said that uh, not owning Kyogo Furuhashi really did uh, do the damage this week, so I think it makes sense to to start there perhaps. Um, so for those of you that you weren't aware, um, Celtic absolutely ran it up on Dundee United, uh, winning by a very impressive uh, nine goals to zero, or should I say zero goals to nine, if I'm not mistaken. Celtic, yes. Celtic were in fact playing away from home, so that no doubt will be one of, if not, Dundee's heaviest home defeat. Um, sort of, you know, yeah, certainly really piling on the misery there, and, and since that result, Jack Ross has been relieved of his duties. Um, not too much really to say on the Dundee United front. We'll just cover them quickly, I guess. Get them out of the way. So, yeah, they're one point picked up from possible 15. They've lost their last four. A goal difference of negative 16 after just five games. Um, and they find themselves uh, third bottom for expected goals, getting this data from, from FOTMOB. Um, so they're third bottom for expected goals, uh, and for expected goals conceded, unsurprisingly, they are bottom. It's worth mentioning that they have only uh, recorded 11.1 uh, expected goals conceded, and have in fact conceded 18. Um, however, so I can't imagine that Dundee United will continue to concede goals in this vein. However, um, they do still sit bottom. So I'm avoiding their defensive assets and I'm also avoiding their offensive assets. They come off a drubbing and they have a new manager coming in. Um, so it's not clear, I guess, or it's less clear now what the starting lineup is likely to be. And. Um, they don't have the nicest little run of fixtures either. The next three goes Motherwell away, Hibs at home, and then Rangers away. So certainly we'll be avoiding Dundee United. And if I was to own any players, they'd be moving on as soon as possible. On to the other half uh, of this uh, complete drubbing. We saw... Yeah... I think me and Thomas discussed this towards the end of last game week's podcast. Both of him and myself were in the Kyo no camp. Neither of us owned a Kyogo for a hashi, and it really did, you know, turn around and, and bite us in the in the proverbial buttocks. It's, uh, yeah, certainly th food for thought. Again, the, the, I would love to have him in. I maybe wouldn't be bringing in Kyogo for a hashi and game week six ahead of you know, the old firm fixture they have a, a, an excellent run after that the only concern there being uh is uh the uh fixture congestion for a team like celtic so hmm. it's difficult it's very difficult i mean first and foremost celtic's performance not only in this game uh but sort of since the start of the season was they've been sublime um they have played five won five scored 21 goals and conceded one over that over the piece so that you know they're averaging more than four goals a game conceding 0.2 goals a game and that's somewhat in line with their underlying underlying data so they're, they're they are 
Uh, yeah, they're handsomely overperforming their expected goals by a large number. Um, their expected goal stands at 14.6, which is which is a lead on Rangers and uh, Aberdeen, who tie who tie second with with 10 goals. But Celtic, as I said, have scored 21. So I can't imagine that Celtic will continue to beat teams 9-0. Uh, However, averaging just shy of three expected goals per, per game is, is is pretty impressive, and uh, it's certainly making me reconsider my Celtic double defence. I think it's probably time to try and start putting my eggs in the the Celtic forwards basket. So Kyogo Furuhashi, I think, if you can build to him fairly without without too, too much issue, without taking too many points hits, um, is certainly worthwhile. Even if you know he's he, he's looking unstoppable essentially this season. He's averaging more than a goal a game. And I think his expected goals are, I think it's one per per 90 minutes. Yeah, 0 0.99 per 90 minutes. Um, so it's very hard to look past him. Yeah, if, certainly if you can build towards him, I'd be bringing him in, potentially even ahead of the old firm, because, sure, that's definitely the most difficult leaf fixture, excluding playing Rangers away. But they then face Livingston at home, St. Mirren away, Motherwell at home, St. Johnston away, Hibs at home, a hearts, a threadbare hearts who will have been sort of enduring the same f fixture schedule as them, at least with regards to the number of teams they are playing or the number of, you know, weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek fixtures going on. So hearts away in game week 12, followed by Livings. I mean, they don't play Rangers again until game week 20. The only issue with Kyogo Furuhashi, uh, I think, is going to be his, his minutes, but considering the fact that he you know he he's the highest point scorer in the game um he looks at least nailed to start the majority of fixtures at the moment he's probably worth it and especially with his ownership being his ownership percentage being so high at 35.5 percent you know when he goes big like he did this weekend is going to punish you. Like it's really going to be detrimental to your uh, your overall rank. Another player I think is certainly worth talking about would be a certain Lee Elabada. Um, he hasn't seen as much game time as fantasy football. Well, that's probably he or fantasy football Scotland managers uh, would like uh, this season. Uh, but he posted some excellent uh, statistics last season when it came to. Um, actual goals and assists, and he did also pretty well on the expect with regards to his expected expected data. Even this season, from the limited game time he's had, he's uh, recorded the third highest expected goals per ninety in the league of zero point eight five. Um, he's had the most shots on target per ninety at three point one, um, and his goals per, per, his goals per ninety are unbelievable. It's one point seven six goals per ninety minutes. I think it's undoubtable that uh, Celtic's best front three probably goes something like Kyogo Furuhashi. I think they put it on the uh, the way they put it on the ter the, uh, the Terrace Football Podcast. Maybe not necessarily their best, but their most effective against superior opposition. Uh, the most effective front three would be Kyogo Furuhashi leading the line, and then Yota and uh, Dyson Maeda playing left and right or right and left. Sorry. With a number of important games coming up, I in in, in Europe I do see Lee Alabada being given a bit more of a run out. Now, that might not necessarily be 
you know, I don't think he's likely to play every minute in the league from the commencement of the group stage fixtures in game week. Where are we at? Let's have a look. Make sure I've got that right here. Scroll across. So, for reference, I am using um, at Sati Show's fixture ticker here. Um, so, if you, I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you're familiar with the account. But if not, make sure you get over there and give it a, and check it out. He has a color coded uh, fixture ticker, which also includes information about midweek and other games that players might be involved in. I was about to say you'd be European ties, but it also tends to include information about things like AFCON or the the Euros or I'm trying to think of another good example. But yeah, yeah, so I know the Club World Cup for example. So having a look at it here from game week five onwards, uh, let's have a look here. Yeah, so there was a midweek game played uh, for all of uh, for, for Aberdeen, for Celtic, for Dundee United, Hearts, Kilmarnock, Livingston, Motherwell, Rangers and Ross County. They then play again this weekend and then there are Champions League fixtures for Rangers and Celtic. So I imagine wouldn't be too surprised to see <clears throat> wouldn't surprise to see someone like Abada be used in these kind of fixtures in the in, on the weekends, the easier league fixtures um, where Celtic can sort of play the role of uh, flat track bullies. Now, don't think that's going to be the case against Rangers. I do imagine that Celtic will field, you know, something somewhat close to their strongest possible lineup, if not their strongest possible lineup, seeing as this would be an opportunity for Celtic to open up a five-point lead atop the table. But following that, their league fixtures go Livingston at home, St Mirren away, Motherwell at home, St Johnson away, Hibs at home. Um, and it, over that over that period, they will play one, two, three, four, four European fixtures and one uh, Premier Sports Cup fixture, the, the quarterfinal. So I wouldn't be too shocked to see someone like Abada feature quite heavily during the league. And when it comes to his ability to, to you know, record attacking returns, he's got to be right up there when it comes to fantasy football Scotland assets. So he is someone I have have my eye on, certainly. Um, another player I would be considering as well is um, it's probably Matthew O'Reilly. He's uh, created four big chances, more than any other player in the league this season so far. Um, and he is also, if I'm not mistaken, well, let's have a look. Where's this expected assists gone? Yes, he is second for expected assists with at 2.7, um, behind only Yota on 2.9. So... Um, he is a, another player I've got my eye on, and both himself and uh, Abada come in at a fairly reasonable, fairly reasonable price point. If I'm not mistaken, let me pull that up now. So I'll remove you and then bring in the midfielder. So Liel Abada is at 5.8 million. Oh, that's higher than I thought it would be. And then Matt O'Reilly at 5.5. But I think when you consider the fact that, you know, especially in the case of Matt O'Reilly, Ah, in the case of both of them, both Liel Abada and Matt O'Reilly posting pretty ridiculous numbers. And of the midfield, they're probably the players I'd be looking to. If you can't build towards Furuhashi, you've done something like myself, gone very vanilla and had Carter Vickers at the back, I'd be looking to remove him at some point. Or if I would, if I'd have to, if I'm looking to bring in another Celtic uh, you know, midfield or attacking asset, and that's where I'd be headed I think the safer play is Matt O'Reilly. I think he's more likely to get assured game time. Uh, but 
Lee Alabada has, you know, he can go just as big as, as Kyogo Furuhashi. The only issue there would be his game time. So that's certainly a situation to monitor. And it's, it's, it's something that I'm certainly considering. Um, my goodness me, let's have a look at who else, you know, recorded returns in this, in this fixture. It's pretty, uh, I mean, I mean, what more can you say? It's 9-0, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, let's see, so you got three goals from Furuhashi, the one goal from Diogo Yota, three goals from Abada. Juranovic got a goal as well, finally. He'd been recording pretty impressive expected goal involvement stats for defenders so finally it's, you know, it's good to see a return on him and certainly very happy to own him he's certainly the elite pick when it comes to to Celtic defenders and then Starfelt notches Starfelt is, is has got good points per game when it comes to his fantasy football score fantasy football Scotland you know scoring output however he's just not assured of starts in that left center back role you now have a couple of players vying for that position so not too interested there and then let's have a look here make sure yeah so let's think Juranovic definitely the pick in defense I would definitely say you're looking to go you know one one and one or one and two you know one defender and two uh, midfielders or one midfielder and one attacker um, who notched all the assists? There was quite a number of players contributing. So Turnbull got himself an assist. Maeda assisted. Um, I think he leads the league on assists well with four. But uh, considering the other options at striker that are that are firing at the moment, I wouldn't necessarily be looking to him. And, and on top of that, he sort of plays out of position at left wing as opposed to through the middle. Rio Hatate assisted. Furuhashi assisted himself. Abada assisted. O'Reilly assisted twice, Yota assisted them once, so, you know, a number of go a number of players getting in amongst the goals, uh, but, you know, O'Reilly, Furuhashi, Abada, I think it's fairly straightforward when it comes to Celtic picks, if you're on Kyogo Furuhashi, then very well done, um, Diego Yota as well is pretty much a no-brainer, but then I get, and then, yeah, Juranovic I certainly would be having, Celtic are likely to keep, sheets, keep clean sheets in the majority of fixtures that they play, or it's certainly far higher than, you know, outside of Rangers, any other team in the league. But it's then a decision between, you know, can you build a Furuhashi? Or is it your best bet holding on to the wild card? Because I think the only, for someone like myself, your, your best bet is it would be then to wild card to try and get Kyogo, Fur, Kyogo Furuhashi in. So your best bet would be Yota as your first midfielder and then maybe a punt on Avada or a sort of more steady pick in Matt O'Reilly. Okay, that's enough, I think, on Celtic for the time being. Let's move on, ah, why not, to the other old firm fixture, which saw... Um, oh, bear with me one second whilst I pull this fixture up. Premiership round five, which saw Rangers dispatch Ross County um, fairly comfortably 4-0 with goals, two goals coming from Trolak. Uh, one either side of half time, a uh, goal from Lindstrom and a rare goal from Davis. Um, and to be honest, I, I, I uh, vice captain Trolak, uh, and once he bagged his two goals, I sort of sigh for relief, right? Furuhashi is not going to hurt me too bad. Uh, and then uh, what happened happened. So I think 
I, I guess I underestimated how many players would be rolling with three strikers. It was, I think it was, it was uh, at FFS underscore Donny, uh, one third of the half hour fantasy podcast pointed out that maybe I should be moving off of my uh, non-playing striker, my bench trick striker for potentially a midfielder or defender, as there are a number of strikers firing this season. So you've got uh, Kyogo Furuhashi and Antonio Trolak. Uh, who are you know smashing the goals in at the moment? I think it's six for Furuhashi and and five for um four for for Cholak. But you've also got Boyan Majewski of Aberdeen on five, Kevin Van Feen on four, Shankland on three. So you know we've got a number of striking options that are really you know getting their teeth into this season. So it's it's certainly something I'm, I am considering, but it's just sort of trying to figure out out a way to move around the funds. Nonetheless, yeah, I think I said with Thomas last week on the podcast that they seem to be starting a little slowly. Well, they have recorded a very impressive result in Europe um, versus PSV. Uh, they won comfortably against Ross County 4 0, and then I. Very confident that they comfortably won their, their tie last night in, in the Scottish League Cup. Just going to make sure I've got the score right for that as well. But yes, no, Antonio Trillac is, yeah, certainly emerging as an excellent option. I think there's a question from a, a listener question uh, coming up on him, but he is certainly my pick of the bunch, yes. Um, Kyogo Furuhashi, you know, bagged his hat trick, but uh, I, when it comes to value for money, Cholak at 5.8 million, a nailed starter. I mean, if we look to to last season, um, or even the seasons uh, that uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst managed uh, at at uh, at Feyenoord, it's well known that he likes to favour one striker and stick with them. We saw Roof completely frozen out of the picture last season when. Uh, uh, when Morelos was fit, and we're seeing something similar happen again here. So Cholak is, first and foremost, Morelos obviously Morelos is having, I guess, issues with, you know, his weight first and foremost, and then I guess seemingly his attitude, and as a result, um, Cholak has been given been given opportunities and is taking them, and I don't see Giovanni van Bronckhorst um, removing his faith in the striker, uh, and I would not be surprised to see Cholak playing, you know. Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, until the wheels fall off. So if you're on him, absolutely stick with him. And if you're not, if you've gone for maybe two Rangers midfielders or you've only got two Rangers players, say Tavernier and Lawrence, I'd certainly be looking to bring him in as soon as possible. His his finishing looked excellent and has done, actually, uh, since the start of the season. So and it also it goes without saying, like if you if you have an old firm striker who's guaranteed minutes, then it's, it's a no-brainer. And especially at a price of less than six million, it's, it really... If I need to, if I need, yeah, I, I, that's all I have to say really on Cholak. Lawrence, apparently, and this is a rumour from Hugh, actually, I don't know where he saw this, so I'm going to reference Hugh, and if it turns out to be utter bollocks, then please uh, leave your hateful comments and reviews of the Hoofball podcast. Um, that would be much appreciated and certainly well-deserved. Um, he said that uh, Lawrence is a doubt for the old farm. Now, my current plans with Lawrence are just purely to bench him, so I'm not too worried about taking him out in the meantime. Uh, and if that, you know, that rumour does end up being true, then um, 
yeah, certainly he'll be on the way out, but uh, he's been pretty productive for myself so far and has cemented himself in that sort of number 10 role. Um, so he'll certainly be staying. And then Tav, I think when it comes to Rangers picks, it's is, is, is fairly straightforward. It's Tav at right back, it's Lawrence in the midfield, and it's Cholak up top. Um, I think maybe uh, this... don't think we've got any questions on it this week, but it's... Uh, Always something that's on the mind of fantasy football Scotland managers whenever there's an old firm fixture. Um, what to do with old firm assets. Um, plain and simple, I'm going to favour the home team. Um, home advantage is a, is a thing, it's very quantifiable. And um, I also consider the sort of form that Celtic are riding into, into this game week. So my plan is most likely to start both of my Celtic assets, or both, all three of my Celtic assets and Tav whilst benching Cholak and Lawrence. Um, I think that is potentially... I don't see sense in removing one, two or three of the players because you're most likely to bring them, you know, those back in in game week seven. However, if you are looking to shuffle around your old firm assets, then now I guess would be an opportunity to do so. Um, I'm just not keen on taking Celtic players. Hmm, I, guess, I guess I do fall into that camp. I, an argument could be made for removing those players. But I don't see it being a particularly high-scoring game. I think remove the 3-0 fixture from last season. From what I remember, all of the old firm ties were you know, pretty tight. Um, so I think a clean sheet for Celtic is more likely than scoring you know, three or three-plus goals. So I think that's kind of where my feelings lie on that regard. With Rangers' assets, if Lawrence is fit, I want him for the run of fixtures post Old Firm, and the same is true for Cholak. Ross County, um, just a brief note on them. I think, despite their results and despite the you know the points that they've picked up this season, they've you know they're showing glimmers of being a good team. I'm not too worried about them, and I am reticent of the fact they actually come into a fairly kind run of fixtures. Not fairly kind, ah, somewhat kind run of fixtures. They've got. Um, Four home games in the next six fixtures, so Aberdeen and Motherwell at home, St. Johnson away, then Hibernian at home, Livingston away, Dundee United at home, Kelly away, Hearts at home in game week 13. So they go on quite the run, St. Marion at home, Hibs away. They don't face an old firm team until game week 16. I'd be keeping an eye on their offensive assets. They, um, you know, it seems to me that they do have a lot of talent. In, the, in, in those positions, it's just a case of, I, I think we mentioned this uh, last game, them settling on a sort of front four that you know, will, will play regularly and produce regularly. I think of all of them, Danda um, is the most likely to do that. He seems to have started to get somewhat regular game time, but I'm looking at the lineup here and all four of their attacking players um, were removed at some point. Um, have a look. Yeah, so if we go to the data for for for, for Ross County, how are they doing? They're pretty they're pretty low when it comes to expected goals at three point four, which puts them only above St Johnson. However, it's worth caveating caveating is this a word? Caveating this fact with the run of fixtures that they've had. They have played Hearts, Celtic, and Rangers in their first five fixtures. Um, so I'm not going to go too hard on them. What I will do, though, is um, let me have a look here. Expected goals conceded. Um, 
yeah, I guess some won't commend them on, on how they've managed to do it with regards to XG conceded. So they are third bottom. It's not exactly a great position to be in. They have conceded 10 goals, but only an expected goals conceded of 7.6. And considering they played the three best teams with regards to expected goals from last season, to have conceded only 7.6 XG is not too bad. So this suggests to me there is a degree of defensive solidity forming at Ross County. Um, so, yeah, just definitely a team I'm looking at. I'll be watching, and as soon as I see... As soon as I see something... You know, what inverted commas real from Ross County, I might be looking to bring in one or two of their assets. Certainly have a soft spot for them after after last season when it comes to Fantasy Football Scotland assets. Right, charging on to the next fixture. So that's Celtic and Rangers. Drubbings, respective drubbings. Uh, discussed. Only one more convincing victory this week. And if it wasn't for Celtic's 9-0 thumping of Dundee United, they would probably have received what performance of the game week was uh, Aberdeen's 5-0 thrashing of 10-man Livingston. Um, so again, another player that probably, really, you know, a player that I, that I didn't own that really hurt me this game week was, was Miofsky. He scored a penalty. He uh, then scored again in the 60 th uh, 63rd minute. And he is... Uh, on fire. He's playing out of his skin at the moment. He is second top scorer in the league behind only Kyogo Furuhashi with five goals. Uh, but to go along with this, he is recording a pretty impressive uh, expected goals. Uh, he is, where is it? He's second top. Oh, sorry, he's not second top. He is top with 4.3 now. That does include his, I think it's two penalties he's had this far so far in the season. So that number is somewhat inflated. But nonetheless, um, impressive stats. Uh, and I, I start, he's another one who's very high up on the on, on the wish list for myself. Um, Aberdeen are in uh, some very strong form and this was a very good result for them. What it's What is worth mentioning, up until the red card... From watching the highlights on uh, sports scene, so there certainly isn't a full picture of how the, the first 40 minutes went, it looked to me like Livingston were on top, and Livingston were you know, playing very well, and it wasn't until the 40 minute, 40th minute uh, Jack Fitzwater red card that you know, Aberdeen really took a handle on the game, and you know, things went from bad to worse to worse at that point. And I would say... You know, Mielski owners probably can feel hard done by by having only you know two goals. Aberdeen were awarded a, a second penalty, which Vicente Bazawan uh, was gifted by Mielski, and he also had one or two other chances, which he certainly should have been finishing. Um, I was on double uh, Aberdeen defence and Leighton Clarkson. Now, Leighton Clarkson went off with an injury in the 56th minute, so that's certainly a situation I am monitoring. Uh, but Aberdeen's double defence, like uh, doubling up on Aberdeen defence, so I certainly paid off myself this week. Um, but I'm thinking in a similar vein to Celtic, their value might not necessarily be in defence and it's more in, 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 in midfield and attack. So they are middle of the pack when it comes to XG conceded. So 6.3 expected goals conceded. Only 0.1 better than Kilmarnock. Uh, and... Um, yeah, so they're fifth, sorry. 
their fifth for expected goals uh, conceded, which I guess isn't too shabby, but they are behind Motherwell and they are behind Hibernian. And let's not forget that Aberdeen have had a pretty soft run when it comes to fixtures. Remove Celtic away, game week one. It's gone St. Mirren at home, Motherwell at home, St. Johnston away, Livingston at home. And a 10-man Livingston for more than for more than more than one half for more than 50 minutes. So whilst their expected goals is not being yeah, it's it's been pretty good. It's top 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 six form. It's their attacking form that's really attracting my eye. They are tied second with Rangers. Um they've scored twelve goals and recorded ten expected goals. And I think that's where I I may be moving my Aberdeen eggs. Um, I may be looking to move on either my goalkeeper Roos or uh, Slim Scales in defence to essentially bring in uh, Miofsky. You know, it's one of those things. Last I remember it was a, there was a, a point last season where Thomas was uh, looking to bring in a striker and he was thinking of being a bit tricky with it. And it was at that point what was firing from Motherwell. It was... It was you know, just keep it simple. Like why why overlook the player that's in form and that's scoring? And I don't even think the fixtures are that bad for Aberdeen. There's Ross County away, then sure, Rangers at home in game week seven. But you bench them back. Well, you could arguably bench all of the, your Aberdeen players if you wanted, but they picked up a couple of strong results against Rangers last season. I think it was two draws and a loss. But, you know, and that's not bad going. That's a decent record against the old firm sides. And they scored two, if, I don't, if, I, if I'm not, mis not mistaken. It was a 2-2 draw. And on one each draw. So arguably you could play Miofsky in that fixture. Then Hibs at home, who aren't exactly in the graces of form. Kelly at home. Toiling Dundee United away. Exhausted Hearts at home in game week 11. Motherwell away in game week 12. So that's quite a kind run for Aberdeen. And, you know, I certainly wouldn't talk you down from bringing in Miofsky. On the flip side of things... Um, Livingston, yeah, it's, it's hard really to talk about Livingston here. I did, I would say they looked excellent. Um, Obelai certainly should have scored. Um, he had a fantastic opportunity from a set piece. And Nubile too, he got himself into positions a couple of times. I, just, I guess the issue with him is just not enough end product from him. Uh, but again, it's hard to assess Livingston off the back of, of that fixture. Um, going down to 10 men really changed the, changed the landscape of that of that of that game and let's see who have Livingston played yeah so a somewhat semi difficult opening five fixtures Rangers in game week one um Dundee United Hibs Motherwell Aberdeen yeah not the easiest and then it doesn't get any easier Hearts at home Celtic away um but they do then go on a nice little run I guess let me have a quick look here yeah so It goes sort of uh, two tough fixtures, four decent fixtures, and then two very tough fixtures for, for Livingston. So it's uh, Hearts this game week at home, followed by a trip to Celtic. Killy at home, St. Mirren away, Ross County at home, St. Johnson at home. So, you know, three very tasty home fixtures there for Livingston. If you are on any Livingston defenders, I would certainly consider holding them and just benching them over the next two to then play them in those four. And then it's Rangers and Celtic in game weeks 12 and 13, so I think at that point you'd probably be looking to move them on. Righty ho, moving on from Aberdeen versus Livingston. 
Let's have a look. We have got three more fixtures to go. Uh, we will go Hearts 3, St. Johnston 2. So, um, looks like, yeah. So, initially, it was St. Johnston that took the lead after six minutes. Um, Hearts then go 2-1 uh, up with goals from centre-back Rolls and Boyce uh, on 31 minutes for uh, former Abbott for then then for Aberdeen former Aberdeen oh my goodness me how then for former Aberdeen defender Andrew Considine to level it up and then Shanklin nets a penalty at 81 points meaning that Hearts travel down the road with all three points. Um, Lawrence Shankland, he, uh, I guess he, I mean, I removed him because of, you know, he, he, he was benched this game, as were, as were Mackay, as were Alan Forrest, so it's quite clear that it's where hearts, went, where hearts can rotate, they will, and they will do so quite aggressively. Um, yeah, what bizarre lineup from Hearts again? It's another game. It's the same thing against Celtic. So Gordon comes back in and goals, but you've got a back three of Rolls, Nielsen, and Smith. So Kingsley and Halkett. Now Halkett on the bench and Kingsley not in the squad. I think he is injured. To be fair, nonetheless, a midfield four of Halliday at left wing back. So uh, Cochrane was absent through uh, through for his for suspension for his two his his red card following on from two red. If, to yellow, so he should be back in for the next game week. Devlin and Haring in midfield, that's more typical. Atkinson on the right, that too. Then a front three of Mackay, Stephen, Boyce and Janelli. That was certainly very, very second, not second rate, yeah, very much a B-team front three. However, unfortunately, Boyce was injured in this fixture and it's been announced that it was a pretty severe ACL tear and it's looking likely he will miss the rest of the season. So one would assume that Lawrence Shankland now is locked in that position up front unless they play Janelli through the middle like they did at times last season. Um, ah, hearts are a strange one, so it's... Yeah, they got the win, but it wasn't necessarily a particularly convincing performance. And um, oh, they, they have the, they've re recruited in the summer, but they certainly haven't beefed out their squad that much. And their fixture run is heinous, heinous, heinous. Um, and I think we're already starting to see that tail. So they rotated again last night for the League Cup, and they crashed out. I think it was one nil to Kilmarnock. Um, which is you know, a particularly poor result and I guess lightens the burden slightly when it comes to, 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 to number of games this season for, for Hearts. But I'm just not convinced they've got the players and therefore the legs to see them through this period. I think they've got, I think it's eight games between now and the middle of November. Uh, sorry, the middle of October. Um, so I'm... I'm on no hearts players, and it's going to stay that way for the time being at the very least. Let's have a look at their fixture run. So they play, they have an okay fixture run as well. If you remove Rangers in game week nine, it's Livingston away, St. Mary at home, Motherwell away, Kelly away, Aberdeen away. Ah, just knocked the mic there. Um, yeah, fixtures are decent enough, but a lot of away fixtures and then a tough home fixture to Rangers. I'm not necessarily going to advocate. I mean, an issue here is rotation as well. It's really hard to pick the Hearts lineup at the moment. 
Um, so I will I would say for the time being steer clear. If you're on Shankland, I wouldn't I don't see sense in moving him on at this point. But uh, if you're looking to bring in a striker or fill up that third striker slot, then I don't think Shankland would be top of my list. St. Johnston, I'm just kind of going to blow through them a little bit. There's not too much that needs to be said uh, on this front. Um, yeah, they're just sort of same, same shite different season. They're bottom of the table for expected goals with a measly 2.4. Um, so they're overperforming their expected goals by 1.6, having notched four this season. And then they are uh, tied with Ross County in, what's that, ninth? For expected goals conceded at 7.6, uh, but I don't think uh, St. Johnston's opening five fixtures have been anywhere near as tough as uh, Ross County's. No, Hibs at home, Motherwell away, Rangers away, Aberdeen at home, Hearts away. Yeah. Yep, St. Johnston, there's uh, yeah, not too much that needs to really be said there, so quite happy to move on. Um, next... Fixture number four, four? Oh, fixture number five. Yes, fixture number five would be. Oh, I've closed the window. How handy of yourself, Harry. Let's have a look. So, fixture number five saw St. Mirren beating Hibernian one goal to nil. It was a. Oh, I'm blanking on the name here. Who was at the score for St. Mary? Ryan Strain assist and uh, Baku score. That was it. Baku, Baku score. Yeah, St. Mary are looking excellent. I uh, really put my eggs in the Hibernian forward basket this week and it sort of bit me in the arse. Uh, I brought in Boyle and Yuan for Shankland and for Henderson and Yuan didn't even start, um, and uh, now that I look at it, he went missing completely. He wasn't in the match day squad at all, so that's a that's a red flag. Certainly, that's uh, a fire that needs to protect. Oh no, I'm mistaken. There he is, out on left wing with Deutsch starting up front. Oh god. Yeah, well, I don't think that will be lasting so much longer. Uh, Yuan, yeah, hopefully he's back playing through the middle. I know, I, I, I take that back. Deutsch has been starting up front. Hopefully he's started. Ah, Yuan hooked on 57, not great. Yeah, so Yuan was hooked on 57. Boyle played the full 90. Neither of them did a thing. Um, Yuan registered me a grand total of zero points as it was one point for an appearance minus a point for the yellow card. Um, Ayunga, I'm on. He notched himself. I think it was a, a measly one point. Uh, he is looking, st still is looking pretty dangerous. And a, a, a midfielder playing an attacker, I'm, we've banged on about him in numerous podcasts at this point. Certainly happy to be owning him. I'm going to stay on him. St. Mirren seem to be in a, a pretty rich vein of form. It's three wins from their previous three fixtures. And uh, it seems to me that Robinson is starting to get a tune out of them somewhat. Um, certainly uh, from an attacking perspective, when it comes to expected goals, they are ah, middle of the pack, 6.5, 
with six goals scored. So they're playing in line with their, uh, oh, sorry, they are, they are returning in line with their underlying statistics. And then they find themselves in a similar position. So it's, it's about one XG scored, one XG conceded. Um, but I guess the results are falling into place for St. Mary at this point. Uh, but I would say that the way they are able to like break on the counter-attack um, is, is, is pretty impressive. And it's sort of, to me, it gives an indication that the team is starting to play in the image of, of Robinson. Because um, that's the sort of style that he went with when he was at um, Motherwell. At least in the initial going, when he took over there, it was quite a sort of counter-attacking um, direct style of play. St. Mirren, unfortunately, come into a tough run of fixture. So you hold you hold Ayunga, he's the player that everyone owns, from St. Mirren for the St. Johnson fixture in game week six in this game week. But it's games away against Hearts, a home against Celtic, home against Livingston, and then away against Rangers from game week seven through till ten, where you will likely... I probably wouldn't be moving Ayunga on, but I'd certainly be benching him for that period. For the majority of that period. Hibs, I've made a play, I've gone for it with Boyle and Yuan, so I think I'm going to stick it out, at least for the Kilmarnock and the Dundee United fixture, and if it's really not you know, paying dividends, then I will certainly be looking to move on one or both of those assets. But, uh, I think Kilmarnock is a good fixture for them, Dundee United should be as well, hopefully. Home game against Aberdeen, away against Ross County, and home against Motherwell, so fingers crossed we see something from there from them there, but uh, I don't know really what to make of Aberdeen this season. They're languishing in the league when it comes to, um, you know, their their position, but when it comes to their underlying stats, it's a similar story to last season. They are uh, third best for expected goals conceded at 5.4 behind only Rangers and Celtic. And then when it comes to expected goals, um, I don't think they're doing, you know, they're not pulling up roots, but yeah, they're middle of the pack, 5.7 with five goals scored. Um, so maybe I should have backed their defence, I guess, as a story here, as opposed to going, you know, double attack. But that remains to be seen. We'll see how we get on over the next few game weeks, and at least the next couple. They are certainly UN being hooked on 57 minutes. That's given me cause for concern. Not, not too much else I want to say on Hibs. I personally would be opposed to bringing in Boyle. He does have fantasy football Scotland pedigree and a very kind run of fixtures, but maybe doubling up on the attack was was a touch of overkill, and maybe I should have... Yeah, give, maybe given that one a bit more thought. Okay, and the final fixture of the game week saw Kilmarnock notch their first victory of the season where they run out 2-1 winners versus Motherwell. I was actually watching this game, uh, or not this, watching this game, watching the highlights, and they go 1-0 down, and I was like, oh, it's a shame. I, uh, I, th I thought Kilmarnock were playing pretty well and deserved to be on top, and had completely forgotten they had, in fact, won this weekend. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a, it was an impressive performance um, and result for, uh, for Kilmarnock, certainly. I'm not ready yet to jump on that bandwagon, or jump on them for assets, but they do have a very nice fixture on. Very, very kind, in fact. They will not play another old firm team until game week 21, um, which is a considerable amount of time. Um, I certainly wouldn't be looking to them for their offensive assets. Shaw and Lafferty have been absolutely dug meat this season. 
Um, they are middle of the pack for expected goals conceded and expected goals recorded. However, I think their value is probably to be found in defence, um, particularly their uh, centre-back. Is it Moyo? I almost called him Mayo there, I think. Yeah. Let's have a look, make sure I get that right. It's Lewis Moyo centre-back. No, certainly, because he is, I think it's 2.3 or 2.4 million at this point, uh, which is cracking value. And as someone who's looking to try and scrape funds together for Kevin Van Veen, um, he's someone I'm certainly considering. Let's have a look. Let's make sure. Oh, Mayo. His name is Mayo. Excuse me, I'm, I'm conflating him with the Hamilton Aki's or former Hamilton Aki centre-back, current Hamilton Aki centre-back. Yes, Mayo. So he... Um, at 2.2 or 2.3 million is certainly, you know, an enabler. Um, or Ash Taylor at right centre-back. He uh, was outlined as being a somewhat of a threat from set-pieces. And uh, this was certainly the case in this game week. Um, you know, good header at the back post following a set-piece. Another third on my side. So we've got Mielski battering my game week rank. Kyogo Furuhashi doing the same thing. Kevin Van Veen is another one. He is on a reasonable tear at the moment. So he's got three goals in the league and he recorded a hat-trick last night in the League Cup. So he's certainly another player uh, on the watch list for myself. Uh, someone who I have designated um, justifiably so with the title of Talisman. Anything good that, mother that happens to Motherwell at the moment seems to come through him. So again, certainly another player on the watch list. However, I don't think St. Motherwell's fixtures were pretty kind to start the season, and I think that run ends soon. Yes, goes Hearts. So Ross County in game week seven, and Dundee United in game week six. You could argue punting on them in the short term. Dundee United, a home, Ross County away, and a beleaguered Hearts in game week eight at home. Then Celtic away, Hibs away, Rangers at home, Aberdeen at home. So, yeah, probably five difficult-ish fixtures between game week eight. Certainly game week eight is difficult-ish, Hearts at home, but then Celtic away, Hibs away, Rangers at home, Aberdeen at home. That's a tough little run there for Motherwell. Outside of Kevin Van Veen, I don't... I'm not overawed, overawed by their, their expected uh, by their defence. They're doing okay, I guess. They're in fourth, but there is a little sort of pack of teams, St. Mirren, Killy, Aberdeen and Motherwell, all with very similar expected goals. And Motherwell have had a pretty easy run to start the season, so jury's out on their defence for the moment. I think you don't overthink it when it comes... I think that you don't overthink this one. When it comes to, to picking Motherwell assets, it is their talismanic striker, Kevin Van Fein. Righty-ho! On to the next round of fixtures, looking ahead to game week six. So as was mentioned already, it is the old firm this week. Um, so a lot of players will be looking outside of uh, Rangers and Celtic for captaincy, or at least for vice captaincy. Um, and I think we have a couple of questions in this regard, so I'm going to make sure that I've got those up in front of me and I reference them properly. Um, as that would be the courteous thing to do. Yes, yeah, so the first one comes in from um, uh, from uh, Half Hour Fantasy Podcast um, at Fantasy Half on Twitter, who asks, alternative uh, captaincy options if not confident on any in any old for, old firm options. Personally, on Boyle at the moment. Yes, myself as well. So I think Boyle at the moment 
I would make the very strong argument for being the best, you know, even outright captaincy option at this point. Um, I was uh, looking at probably the best Fantasy Football Scotland Twitter account out there at the moment, uh, Scottish Premiership Fantasy Tips or at Scott Prem Fantasy, and uh, was looking at their big game week six thread. And um, make sure I've got the tweets up here. Oh, it's not not loading. Come on, you. Here we are. So for teams to score two plus goals, Hibernian equals Celtic on a 55% chance of notching two or more goals this game week. Um, so I think that clearly the bookmakers think it's very likely that uh, Hibs should do well with this game week, and I think that's unsurprising. They take on uh, Kilmarnock at home. Um, but there, I wouldn't say this is the only fixture I like. I think Aberdeen versus Ross County, if you have Miofsky, I think giving him the vice-captaincy is not a bad shout. And I think the same case can be made for Kevin Van Veen playing Dundee United, a managerless Dundee United at home. Um, that's certainly where I'd be putting my armbands if it were not on the old firm. I think you could make an argument for putting... Uh, I mean, you could always do the tried and tested, um, always captain Tavernier. I don't think that's a terrible shout. Um, or you could do something somewhat similar by giving the armband to Juranovic. I think I have a sneaking suspicion that Celtic keep a clean sheet in this fixture. And then, um, if I'm not mistaken, Juranovic is on penalties. And in a clash like the old firm, I mean, I've got this is just purely my own like perception. I've got no statistics or data to back this up, I feel like in a fixture like this, the incidence or the likelihood of, uh, of a penalty is somewhat increased. But I guess that remains to be seen. So when it comes to my options outside the old farm, I think I think Boyle is probably number one at Hunter Kilmarnock. That is an excellent fixture for Hibernian. But it would be followed close by Miofsky versus uh, Ross County and Kevin Van Veen versus Dundee United. Uh, so those are, probably, those are probably your best bets. Okay, so I think that not too much else I think I have to say about Caps and Say. Um, I, yeah, th those are probably your three best bets if you're looking to go outside the old firm, which most managers probably are. Okay, let's have a look. So, so transfers then, I guess. Um, as I said, when it comes to her old firm assets, unless you are very keen on moving them around this game week specifically, yes, sure, you can take players out. I'm likely rolling a transfer to then move them around post old firm because I'm quite I'm actually quite happy with the assets that I have heading into this game week. Um, but when it comes to runs of fixtures, uh, as I said, Hibs have a very kind run of fixture. I think sure they haven't shown the best form yet this season. But to have you know a run that goes Killy at home, Dundee United away, Aberdeen at home, Ross County away, Motherwell at home, it would be a mistake to not have a player of Martin Balls, Martin Boyle's fantasy football Scotland caliber over this period. Um, so I think Boyle probably should be quite high up there when it comes to transfers in. I think if you don't own Miofsky, bringing him in for Ross County is a, not a bad shout. They do face Rangers in game week seven, but naturally you could just bench him there, or as I said, play him and then put him in against uh, Hibbs, Kilmarnock, Dundee United, Hearts and Motherwell. 
Um, not necessarily interested in Dundee United or Hearts. I don't think it makes sense to bring in Old Firm players the week of an Old Firm fixture. Discussed Hibs. I am. I do have an eye on Kilmarnock defenders. That's something that's uh, piqued my curiosity, and it's certainly a transfer for the long run. Were some, were some. There were certainly some positive signs in that result versus Motherwell, and it's an unbelievably kind run of fixtures. Uh, probably one of the best of the whole season of any team, if to be honest. Was that you're looking at you know 14, 15 fixtures without playing the old farm. So I think we could see. Um, Maybe Kilmarnock could take this as an opportunity to gather some momentum, but I don't imagine it starts against Hibs this week, most likely next week at home to St. Johnston. Livingston play Hearts at home, moving on, um, and then Celtic away, so I'm avoiding them for the time being. As I mentioned, I'm not opposed to a punt on Kevin Van Veen for Dundee United, Ross County and Hearts. Rangers, I'm in the same vein, just holding on to my assets and seeing what what's what with in this regard if you're on someone like Tillman it's probably a good time to move him on at this point Ross County in a similar vein to Kilmarnock as I've already mentioned they have a really nice run of fixtures where they don't play Celtic away until game week 16 so that's a run of about 10 fixtures so unfortunately no one has necessarily offered themselves up as a legitimate option as of yet so it's that's it's just a, a case of wait and watch I will be monitoring um, particularly their, their offensive assets of the piece, but their, uh, yeah, their fixtures are very kind too. Um, St. Johnston, Skip, and then St. Mirren. I have the only St. Mirren asset, as I'm sure most folk do. If you don't have Ayunga and you were considering bringing him in, I would potentially be waiting until game week 11. They play Hearts away in game week 7, Celtic at home in game week 8, and then in game week 10, they take a trip to Ibrox. So certainly hold for St. Johnson if you're on him already, but I wouldn't be looking to bring him in too quickly. So that covers it, I think, for transfers. Top priority transfer, in my opinion, would probably be Boyle, followed by just similar to my captain, like you want the best captaincy, op captaincy options each week. So it would be Boyle probably top, followed by Mialski, followed by followed by Kevin Van Veen. Righty-ho, moving on. Let's get some questions answered here then. So we do have quite a few this week. We've already answered one from at Fantasy Half. Um, John O'Donnell, um, John, he is Twitter handle. Let's have a look at that. That's at John O'Donnell85 on Twitter. He asked a couple of questions this week. Um, Kyogo or Cholak, if can only have one. Despite his monstrous haul at the weekend, considering Cholak's price point and what you could potentially do with the, the extra, I think it's about two mil at this point, um, and I, I would be going with Cholak. So not only is a case, not, not only do I, am I making this argument from the perspective of fantasy football finance, but it's also a, a minutes issue. Um, yes, Kyogo Furuhashi has been seeing a good number of minutes since the start of the season, but we're about to hit a very congested period for uh, both Celtic and Rangers, and I think the likelihood of Ange relying on his squad is far, far greater, considering the quality he has, particularly in that position. You've got uh, Giacomakis, last season's joint top scorer in the Premier League, 
waiting in the wings, as well as uh, Dyson Maeda, who can also who can play through the middle. So, for that reason, I would prefer Cholak over Kyogo. And he also does ask uh, deadline day signings. Um, is there anyone of interest? Um, to be honest, it's not necessarily uh, a situation I've been monitoring too closely. When it comes to transfers, I tend to be, certainly tend to be wait and watch. Um, I see that Celtic signed a new left winger recently and said Haksabanovic. Wait, no, not that he's not a left winger. Um... Oh, I can't remember which one. Yeah, he is left winger. I'm pretty sure he's left wing. So he's come in and they've just signed Oliver Abel, Abel Guard. My goodness me. That's a difficult one to pronounce. Yeah, for those two, certainly wait and watch. Um, we, we need to figure out how they um, they would fit into the side. Um, hmm. Let's have a look. So, deadline day, anyone? Nope, doesn't look to be anything. Yeah, no. At the moment, I can't say anyone has really, uh, you know, garnered my interest. And I, uh, I just tend to be that way by and large when it comes to, when it comes to, when it comes to newly transferred in players, especially if they're players that aren't necessarily coming from the league. Um, I see Hart signed a new striker in Stephen Humphreys, um, so it will be interesting to see what kind of a role he plays. Maybe he takes the place of Boyle in the league. But again, I know nothing about him. I don't know. I certainly don't know, know enough to not, uh, about him to feel confident bringing him in ahead of game week six. So, in answer to answer that question. Um, succinctly, no is the answer. And finally, absent co-host at Thomas SFFC, uh, how does it feel being the second favourite sibling? To which I would answer, you keep telling yourself that, Thomas. You keep telling yourself that. Uh, and to be honest, I think that's it. When it comes to personal transfer plans, I am likely to roll, I think, this week. Um, because of the you know, nature of, I just because of the time difference, I seem to end up missing the. Or it's like it's around dinner time when lineups are announced, and it's you know pretty inconvenient to be on my phone, you know, scrolling for lineups on Twitter. Um, so I usually make my transfers ahead of time, and it will likely be uh, it will likely be rolling a transfer this week. Captaincy is currently on Uranovic, and vice captaincy on Boyle. Um, but that, that may change. Let me just quickly pull up my team here. So we'll go back, my teams, and to manage the fixtures. Yeah, I think it's likely it'll be, it likely will stay that way, I think. Captain on, Captaincy Juranovic, Vice-Captaincy on Boyle. All right, that'll do us for today's episode. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. As I said, if you want to, uh, if you wouldn't mind giving us a follow on our main account at sff at sffantasy.com, um, that's where we uh, 
we tweet out if we're looking for listener questions in particular when it comes to uh, recording the podcast as well as retweeting useful information and graphics and such, such like. And then if you're looking to get involved with us with regards to Fantasy Football Scott discussion, then please make sure that you follow myself har- at Harry SFFC uh, and Thomas at Thomas SFFC. Um, all the best for Game Week 7 and uh, we'll be in your ears around this time next game week.